3: Previously on Chaotic Normal, the crew of Melores Borealis, uh, after fighting a number of sharks, decided to rest aboard the wreckage of what they thought might have been the Sea Ghost. When they ventured within, they found three hags that had made their nest there. Myself, not uh, acting like myself after hearing the words "the Weird Kelp," decided to go on kind of a uh, rampage of sorts and tried to kill all the Hags before they could give us any information. The rest of the crew, acting level-headedly, got the information that the sea ghost was not in fact an undead ship, but a crew of pirates sailing aboard a decorated ship using a bottle of fog given to them by the Hags themselves. They were then told the location, but not before. I made a fool of myself and was cursed by a Kraken. After killing a hag, after murdering the rest of the hags, the crew decided to sail off towards where the hags told them the lair of the sea ghost was. But what will they find at this supposed cove? Will it be the sea ghost they seek, or something much darker? Let us find out on Kiataknorn, the Shattered Isles.
1: yourselves now uh sitting in the navigator's uh navigation chamber uh here with the uh circle of runes on the ground that's clearly a, a magic circle that while it's not active at all looks as if it uh normally or typically is designed to be used um and you're might meanwhile gathered around a large table strewn with bore or with like maps and there's a dagger stabbed into one of the maps a few candles are going As it's the night, or it is middle of the night, and you're drifting along the sea. Uh, The waves are rocking you gently back and forth. No more of the trauma and terror of that storm that baffled or that buffeted you for days. Uh, It's actually been about two days uh, since you arrived at the Queen Illyria and slew the hag coven that dwelt there. And it was only earlier this night, just before sunset that one of the crew members in the crow's nest called out that they had spotted a, uh, an old manor house on top of a, the cliff side along the Island of Providence. So you've spotted this old manor house, this uh, plantation house on top of this cliff house. You spied it as well. You saw it has no lights in it. It's clearly dilapidated and ruined. And you had no doubt that this is the manor house that sits atop the cliff, uh, and that is you. Basically, the marker point indicating that below it is a cove and series of caves built into the cliffside, uh, with a secret cove that the uh, sea ghost slips into and makes as its secret harbor. So now you find yourselves in the navigator's quarters with these maps, dagger stabbed in, candles glowing as you discuss your plan of action. Your goal currently is, is to destroy or is to take the Sea Ghost. This ship has been terrorizing uh, or has been terrorizing the shipping lanes between Providence and the mainland. Uh, its main target has been uh, supply and merchant vessels carrying, imp- uh, carrying Imperial uh, supplies meant to rebuild the fort in the port in Port Providence. This ship has been, Attacking them. Many believe it to be a ghost ship. In fact, you yourselves believed it to be ghosts until you, the hags of the Queen Illyria coven revealed to you that it's in fact pirates masquerading as ghosts. And that their main uh, move is to arrive in a cloud of mist and, and smoke. That emanates out of a bottle that the hags gave them that allows them to cloak themselves entirely in fog. They arrive from this fog bank striking into the imperial uh, trade vessels and uh, basically sink the vessel or salvage it for whatever it's worth. No vessels or no vessel has survived an attack by the sea ghost, uh, but the Queen Illyria, which you discovered, was one of the vessels that was sunk by the sea ghost. Uh, you saw that they had successfully pillaged and pilfered everything off of it, including its armaments. These trading vessels that it's been sacking aren't heavily armed, but they do have a decent complement of arms and armor, and a few like trebuchets or mangonels or large ballistas. So you're aware that the Sea Ghost has access to these siege weaponry, um, and that it likely has a well armed and armored crew. And you now find yourself in the navigation quarter. Uh, anchor or like floating and anchored somewhere off this coast of providence where you know you're in the uh or you're nearby the uh what's their hideout um uh, you don't believe that the sea ghost is at harbor currently but you also don't uh but like you haven't inspected their hideout yet either um, and it's up to you to discuss what your plan is how do you intend to take this sea ghost to capture it or to sink it and ensure that it no longer terrorizes those shipping lanes
3: well <clears throat> oh by the way uh phil
4: so, phil my character is just like looking straight ahead uh, <laughs> D- danny hey uh what's going on man
3: how, how, how you feeling there pal
4: uh, I'm good. Uh, thanks for getting me up to speed. Uh,
3: yeah, you were kind
4: of out there for a while. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. So, okay. <laughs> uh, what's the plan, boss?
1: Yeah, having no ship's doctor definitely left uh, Phil uh, unconscious for longer than would have been helpful. Uh, but he managed to recover after a few days of having seawater splashed on his face. And he came to uh, yesterday morning. So two so day after the uh Queen Illyria.
3: Well, I'm glad you're uh up on your feet. Um Foot Foot. Foot oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um so I think the best course of action would to not dock Melores Borealis in the bay. I think we have we take with the five of us four of us, five of us go in on um the Naughty Dreams. We dock in there and have the rest of the crew take uh Malora's Boreals and kind of circle around and we'll give them a signal after, uh, when we want them to come come back and pick us up. But I think we lay in wait, survey their you know, their hideout, and then when the ship docks, we jump them. Get you know, catch them unawares.
5: The That's a great idea. It gives us a lot more time to Assess the situation.
1: <laughs> so you reckon. Or you reckon that the. Uh, are two things. The uh, Seaghost likely has a crew of 30. Much like the uh, Malora's Borealis has. And if they're also supporting a. A. Uh, like a smuggler's den or some base of operations, this, this uh, hideout that they have, they likely have a crew larger than 30 with some left behind to operate the landside base and the others managing the ship itself. Um, So that's one thing you're aware of. And then you're also aware that, uh, or you, you figure based on the descriptions, the hags gave you the, uh, caverns can be entered either by water by the, using the cove entrance that you were just talking about uh, piloting the Naughty Dreams down or you could also go by land um, into the manor house above and supposedly there's a entrance down into the caves through there
3: Hmm. maybe the manor house might I mean that is also another way to sneak in
4: unawares you know maybe the manor might have a little more information it could be you know, their top side base of operations to see when ships are coming by. Uh, just a thought, but, you know, we're just going to go in the the five of us or the six of us. We don't want to, like, take half the crew with us.
3: No, I think the a smaller infiltration team will get in easier. And we don't... We're kind of running as tight a ship we can. If we lose any more crew members, it's going to be hard to... uh take the ship out.
4: Well, just a thought too, like, you know, maybe we could press gang a couple of these guys once their ship's gone. But, um, I have too many thoughts about this. Maybe, uh, so are we going to destroy the ship? Are we going to just take the bottle and take their siege weaponry? Or are we just going to figure it out when we get in there? What do you think? Chef Zelnern? Cap? I mean, chef.
1: (laughs) Oh, and uh, Phil, you uh, were unconscious when this information was discovered. Um, But as a reminder to you and to the rest of you, uh, you're aware that the Sea Ghost is the, uh, or is uh, crewed by one, uh, uh, or is crewed by a Captain uh, Fowl Fritoff, who is the, uh, basically a uh, notorious pirate. Um, He's one of the worst, or he's not necessarily one of the most dangerous, most powerful pirates in the Shattered Isles, uh, but he is notorious for committing one of the most wicked sins anyone ever commits in the Shattered Isles, and that is uh, is slavery. Um, Press ganging is one thing, but he makes a habit of capturing and selling uh, humanoids and other sentient creatures uh, across the Shattered Isles. Uh, And for all people, this is considered a... uh, terrible curse against Melora and her free her her lessons of freedom and uh, uh, manu- uh, and the ability to travel freely uh, so you're aware that Foul Fritoff is the he uh, um, was bloody bjorn one of those two pirates uh, is the uh, uh, captain of this uh, vessel uh, the sea ghost and um, but you also recall he- hearing that they have a uh, powerful deck wizard uh, named Punketa. Um, and then there's a couple other uh, key crewmates there, though you're not necessarily sure who they are.
4: Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe it might not be that hard to press, Gangnam, but uh, I really don't care what we do. We should try and get our hands on that bottle, though. It sounds pretty pretty awesome.
3: Yes, the bottle would be helpful. But I also, it might be <clears throat> a boon on us to rid the seas of the Sea Ghost. So I think maybe we strip it of everything we can weapons armaments and then sink the ship to the bottom of the sea
1: as the dm i made a terrible error captain is seagird snake eyes i uh, was looking at my notes and i was like why did i give the bosun's name let's fix it by giving the first mate's name this doesn't fix it i won't remember the captain is seagird snake eyes he is the notorious slave trading pirate who's not even welcome in Zilcomnis uh, or Earth's threats Zilcomnis, zeal or Treasure Island down in the uh, Ancienne Chapelet. That's a more piratey name too. Yeah, C- Captain Sigurd Snake Eyes. Um, so uh, it sounds like your goal is to capture this uh, sea ghost, but not necess- You don't have the crew to staff two ships. Uh, hardly the crew to staff one ship. Um, so your goal is to basically take it, scavenge it for all it's worth supplies and all that and leave it as a uh, ruined hulk, either at the bottom of the sea or in harbor here. Um, but to do so, you're first planning to sneak into their base and uh, scout it out as well as uh, take care of their landside defenses and set up a ambush, which is a pretty cool plan. Um, but you still have the choice to make. of Do you take the naughty dreams through the cove or do you start from... Uh, like climb the cliffs and go landside. Or and start from the manor house up above.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Celeste, Jules, what do you think?
2: I like the idea of going by land, but climbing might prove to be risky.
1: <laughs> not... You can also sail the, uh, the Melora's Borealis to an area where it's not like sheer cliffs and then make the overland trek. Uh,
2: the Cliffs of Despair.
1: So Cliffs of Despair will get you, not Cliffs of Despair, but the Cliffs of Despair will get you there by, uh, like, during the middle of the night, trying to find a point uh, on land to then trek across land through the jungle to it It will get you there by morning.
6: Well, I'm not much of a pirate myself, so I like the idea of sticking to land as much as possible. Uh, I know we did choose the much more combat-ready boat, but... We the combat ready boat
3: without weapons, yes. It's exactly
6: the sturdiest boat. If we if we could steer away quite literally from any possibility of ship combat and go land. And and once we can grab their um grab their little hideout, I mean we can see any ship that would be coming too.
2: I just have one request, depending which one we do, is that we don't exhaust ourselves on our way there and completely wear ourselves out with a show of fighting before we actually get to the manor, because...
3: What could you be referring to? I
5: completely agree with that.
2: Thanks, Elnarn.
5: We should should do that. Go steadily.
2: Nice and steady. Don't exhaust our resources.
5: And just for
1: reference, uh, Providence Island, at least the southern half of it, which are actually on the southeastern side of Providence Island is pretty um like uh, pacified it's a lot of uh, a lot of the jungle's been stripped away for banana plantations and tobacco plantations um there's not a lot of like you know there's a lot of roads that crisscross through here and since this is an old plantation it likely has roads that run by it even uh it's only the northern half of providence isle that needs to be feared because that's where the bayous are and that's where the lizard folk dwell
3: all right so i don't think we'll encounter much on our way but um
2: famous last words
3: (laughs) (laughs) even if we do we'll cut our we'll cut our path okay (laughs) none it's never going to be easy
1: (laughs) so are we saying uh we're saying find a uh overland route not cliffs of despair
3: wait oh oh wait so there's a third option
1: no there's overland route or climb the cliffs of despair or take the uh, cove, or let's assume you want the land entrance. That's like subcategory two b. Uh.
6: <laughs> uh, could could you open the Excel spreadsheet back open again?
2: Yeah, do we have a decision tree diagram?
1: Uh, I do write all of my adventures as decision trees, so yes, I do have it. I use um I think I've been using Microsoft. Um, oh gosh, it's not project. I don't even remember what
3: the program's called
2: Art, Microsoft Art. Notes stickies can i switch my spells
4: before i go like did we have a rest or something yes you have finished a long rest you've okay.
3: had a very long rest
2: <laughs> yeah i think you're good <laughs> it,
0: it wasn't that restful
4: <laughs> i'm gonna take disguise self with us just in case oh I, I have, have that said. as well if you want to you know maybe we go in there and you know we we look like one of those dudes that runs the place Sna- sniggered snake man
1: Sigurd Snake Eyes. That's
4: what I said.
3: (laughs) Who are you talking to?
4: (laughs) My head's still a little woozy. (laughs) Uh,
3: Wait, can I do maybe like a history check on the Cliffs of Despair?
1: Yeah. uh, Go ahead and make a history check on
3: that. (laughs) Ooh, history. uh, 19 plus zero, 19. 19.
1: Uh there is indeed a cliffs of despair as they're called.
3: Yeah, but I'm I'm kind of wondering if this is like a a frostland f- uh fayland kind of scenario where like fayland is actually the bad one and frostland is actually the one that's super nice.
2: <laughs> Will there be <laughs> R-O-U-S's?
4: It has like switchback stairs on it.
3: <laughs> it's like
4: a really nice way up.
3: Like it's, yeah, called the Cliffs of Despair to keep people away, but it's actually very, very nice.
1: What was your uh, check again? 19. here, I have to flip through my little cards to find my answer. I'm so sorry.
2: Was it actually called the Cliffs of Despair? Or did we just start calling it that? I think it's actually called
3: the Cliffs of Despair. I
2: don't know, because I was just making a reference.
1: Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, There is a uh, Ruber... You know that these are certainly not Cliffs of Despair. Uh, The Cliffs of Despair is actually a name used by uh, Agdalanders, so people out of like Port Providence in the mainland, uh, to describe a certain pass uh, through a few islands out in the, or a waterway out in the uh, Shattered Isles that the people of the Ancien called Ataz Kahalaka or the uh, Maori passage it's known this uh, or it's called this because it is a wondrously deep gorge with cliff walls that are lined with hundreds of feet of dead coral uh, it's known that uh, there are skeletons of plesiosaurs and other ancient creatures uh, hundreds of feet up this gorge wall as it is part of a uh, it is part of a deep uh, par- like sea gorge or sea canyon that the everstorm thrust up from the ocean and turned into land um, it's called the Cliffs of Despair though as some people rumor that the coral itself is undead there and that you can hear its wailing moans whenever you pass through it
0: I love undead coral
1: <laughs> this cliffside however is not uh, Cliffs of Despair at all it's just a cliff
3: Hmm. I mean I'll, li- I'll leave it up to our navigator
2: oh, What?
1: <laughs> Alright navigator uh, is the path to climb the cliff or go find a overland route that'll get you there by morning
2: mm, Oh not this one again Y'all I drew the dark lord like three times today
3: That is not a good sign <laughs>
2: I reshuffled. I drew it again. Uh, impending doom. Um, you know what? Let's let's take the cliffs. Let's just let's take the stairs. Cliffs.
3: All right. It doesn't let's matter. Do the- Mad
2: might as well lean into it. But remember, reserve our resources.
1: You choose the route of impending doom. Uh, <laughs> tying off the uh, naughty dr- or lowering the naughty dreams. Uh, you hand over the captain baton to uh, to Phil. And uh, you board the Naughty Dreams as it's lowered into the water. Zelnern, uh, his bags packed with biscuits and other, uh, uh, like, ship's biscuit from the kitchen, uh, takes his customary spot at the oars, uh, and you all gather into the boat, and it shoves off from the uh, Malora's Borealis. The crew has strict orders. Stay out of sight of the uh, manor house. Uh, keep an eye out for the sea ghost, so that the Melora's Borealis doesn't get sunk while you're on land. And uh, in the meantime, basically be ready to, at a certain signal, circle back in to support you if you need it.
3: They'll know um, it when they see it.
1: And that'll be for you to decide what that signal is. Uh, so the Dark
2: the- Lord will be your zenith. <laughs>
1: Aboard the Naughty Dreams, under cover of darkness, you row your way towards the uh, uh, towards the cliffs that are not are notably not of despair. Um, the water is choppy, and as you're uh, as you get closer and closer to these cliffs, you note that as the oars dive into the water, the water glows with a blue luminescence. Uh, it is a beautiful sight to behold as you realize every fish that moves in the reef below you seems to shimmer and glow with an arcane res- uh, like residual essence that drifts off of them and lights the whole water beneath you the beauty of it illuminates here a uh, branching coral there a puffer fish swimming by it illuminates a couple of trumpet fish uh, there and there illuminates a very large shark for just a moment underneath your boat. Not Lord. again. Uh, and then this will just be an encounter of uh, sharks after sharks, after sharks <laughs> until we get it right. Don't
2: uh, you dare, Ruber.
3: All right. I turn invisible till I dive in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't you fucking dare.
1: Uh, and as uh, you worry about that shark chasing after you, uh, you pull the Naughty Dreams into a shallow beach. Uh, you're able to pull the boat up on the beach. Uh, it's a small enough dinghy that it's not too terrible to shove it back out later. But you pull it up onto the beach. It's, it's in a tiny cove and surrounded by rocks. So it's really only visible uh, if someone's actively exploring in and amongst the small rocks that surround the cliffs. But as you uh kind of tuck the naughty dreams aside, nice and safe, and knowing that you can return to it here, uh, but if you don't return to it here, you'll have lost your ship. Uh, Phil, what what do you uh, how do you feel about that plan?
4: Uh, uh Rubert Zelnern, pick up the ship and turn it around so we can get out of here quicker. Uh, I, I, Captain Jules. Jules, I told you before we left. I wanted you. To wrap the oars in cloth so that it was quieter when we paddled. And you didn't fucking listen to me. So do that now before we get up on on land, okay?
6: You want me to take my clothes off to wrap up some oars? No, I
4: put put the cloth in... Oh my gosh. I'm so
6: sorry. I didn't see it. I thought you
3: were being ridiculous. Was this a dream you had? Because I don't recall this conversation.
2: (laughs) Were you just dreaming of piloting the naughty dreams while you were in a coma?
4: This is my ship. He was piloting <laughs> on,
5: on his sleep.
1: Uh, as you uh, tend to these things that uh, Philip clearly ordered you to do, but you all missed the uh, orders earlier. Uh, you know, you, you tend to those tasks, and after a few minutes, you turn your attention to the cliffside above you. Uh, now, fortunately, uh, when you were uh, trying to get ready for this uh, this uh, climb. Um, you did because uh, you knew you were coming here to try and climb. You did search what equipment was in the armory of the uh Malora's Borealis, equipment supplied by your generous benefactor, Gellan Primewater. What you found is that he did not outfit you at all as a warship because he expected you to go out and explore uh old ruins and steal treasures to bring back to him. Uh, he outfitted you mostly with uh thing or uh, things that are good for expeditions. So there are some light like, crossbows and like short swords for your uh, pirates to use or your crew to use in a battle. But a lot of the gear you actually have available to you is things like climbers kits. <clears throat> so you uh, you pull the climbers kits out that you had taken from the boat.
6: By the way, does any of the crew we managed to hire have any combat experience?
1: Uh, yeah, as the first mate, you've been asking them about this uh, through the storm and the last few days. They're all men of the sea. Well, most of them are men and women of the sea, but some of them aren't people who are, have ever fared the sea before. Uh, but they all have like a little bit of knowledge with a dagger or a short sword. No one has the commoner stat block, if that's what you're asking. Everyone has the bandit or pirate stat block. Oh, so they are CR one Are
0: they mostly humans? Or what? Uh... They
1: are mostly humans. As the primary people of Port Providence.
6: All of our crew has the bandit stat block. Are we the baddies? (laughs) Uh,
1: The goodies have the commoner stat block. So so you find you have uh, climber's kits. As you sort through them, they're a little salty from the ride over. Uh, it includes special pittons, boot tips, gloves, and a harness. And you can use this as an action, or using the climber's kit, you can use an action to anchor yourself. And when you do, you can't fall more than 25 feet from the point where you anchored yourself. And you can't climb more than 25 feet away from that point without undoing the anchor as an action. So it allows you to safely, without peril, climb this cliff face, even if you're weak and bad at it.
3: Cool. Hey, that's me. I think it's most of us.
1: Yeah, uh, just for reference, uh, is any, what's the highest strength athletics modifier among your crew?
0: Plus five. Wow.
2: Negative one.
3: Negative one.
1: Jules is negative one. What about Phil and Robert?
3: I got a plus one.
4: I have a plus, plus two, but I don't know what that is with my peg leg and missing a finger.
1: Uh, <laughs> the missing a finger is not going to hurt you here, but the peg leg... It, you, that's gonna make it pretty hard to climb a wall <laughs>
4: <laughs> maybe
6: you've learned to wrap the rope around your leg and and like uh shimmy up
1: all right so uh you all because uh, you're all basically going to be following along the same pit and path you turn your attention towards Zelnern uh and basically instruct the uh instruct Zelnern to go first um what I'm gonna let you uh-huh. all do is the a mechanic i'm stealing from pathfinder 2 don't tell them uh called follow the expert where you all as long as you're taking the time to basically be copying exactly what uh zelnurn is doing you are allowed to use his proficiency bonus in uh in, in athletics instead of your own you're still dependent upon your own strength modifier
0: i like that a lot because yeah i was gonna you know take it Take it easy, find the best footholds, make sure we can all get up there. So, follow me. I'll so look for...
1: And so, Zellner, what's your proficiency in uh, athletics like?
0: Wait, what is it like or what is the number?
1: What is the number? Because oh, you have expertise. Uh, so, not your, no, minus your strength, Moth.
0: Oh. oh. Just the Wait. proficiency bonus that you have. My proficiency is two since we're level one. Okay.
1: But because some people before. could be an expert in something. Oh, half, I see. Yes. Bonus, yeah. Uh, okay. So, just plus two. So, yeah. if you want to follow the expert here uh, and follow Zelnern, you and you're not proficient in athletics, you can add plus two to your roll. All right. Uh, so, I'm going to need from each of you a, a strength athletics check. Uh, yeah, I need from everyone, a strength athletics check as you begin to climb these Cliffs of Despair. Now, since you're using these uh, Climber's Kits, there's not really a risk of you falling unless, uh, sorry, these Cliffs of Not Despair. Uh, because you're using Climber's Kits, there's not a risk of you falling. Um, so the danger isn't that uh, you might fall. It's more of a matter of how fast you're actually getting up these cliff, this cliffside. And things like if you get spotted, Um, But Zelnirn is leading the way, and slowly but surely, the tortle begins to uh, hammer the pittons in and climb your way up, driving the boot tips in, using the grippy gloves to hold onto rocks, and knotting off the harness every 25 feet. So he goes up about 15 feet, then 15 feet, knots the harness in, goes about 15 feet, and you're you're moving at a pace of about 15 feet every uh, 30 seconds at most. It's not terrible, but it's not uh, it's not great. Uh, but Zellner, you're setting the standard here, so I need a strength athletics from you.
0: I'm going to use my inspiration. Um, I'm taking this not at 15 per whatever, about, about, about half that, just really being careful. I got a lot of people that can't climb very well. They're not as good of climbers as a turtle, a natural climber. So I just <laughs> want to make sure they're able to follow.
3: I would still like it to be nighttime when we get there. 24.
1: Wow. Uh, So Zell sets a solid pace for you all. Um, So, yeah, then if every or anyone else uh, who's also climbing uh, is able to use Zell plus two bonus to athletics uh, if they are themselves not proficient in athletics. Which I imagine is most of you.
6: Use guidance to help Celeste.
1: All right. Uh, How does that guidance manifest itself?
6: Um. so I think with a lot of my things it's like very physical it's almost kind of blood magic-y so I think you kind of see my uh, my little scars kind of brighten up for a second and then um Celeste probably feels like a rush of kind of hot heat in her blood and she finds she's stronger and able to grip more easily onto the holes Ooh,
2: thank you
1: nice um, so, Celeste, since it sounds like you're getting assisted next, I'll have you make the next Strength Athletics. Okay. And recall, if you're not proficient, you can be because you're following Zellnerd's lead. You can use his plus two bonus.
2: Okay, sounds good. Can I also pay it forward and look at Phil and his pig leg and be like, "Don't worry, Phil. The Dark Lord will not win today." And cast Guidance on him as well.
4: I'm not worried. I, that's my card. I draw that every time I play with that
2: deck. You play with my deck?
4: My bunk's like two rooms away from yours. Of course I go in your room and look at everything.
2: When I'm asleep?
4: Two rooms away.
1: (laughs) It's not even convenient. You're um... climbing the
4: wall. Okay, bye now. There she goes.
2: I got a 12.
6: Uh, Did you add the d4? Mm. Oh my gosh. Plus four.
2: Wow, all right, so Celeste Ooh. also
1: makes a good pace up this cliff face.
4: Who goes third? Uh, Robert will. Before Robert goes, can I be like, hey, you want to wager your grog? I'll race you to the top. I'll, I'll time you.
3: Uh, the grog is for Zelnern to distribute. I don't have control of it. But yes, I will bet you my grog. <laughs> I, I right. will race you, Phil.
4: <laughs> when you're ready.
1: All right, so uh, Phil starts counting off the seconds it's taking Rubert as you're all working your way off the cliff face. Rubert, go ahead.
3: Uh, that's a four.
1: Oh, Rubert takes a lot of time. What about Phil? Phil, how, how do you do? You, know, you have a peg leg, so disadvantage.
2: <laughs> Plus guidance.
4: Oh, ooh. So I got an 18 and a 10 without guidance. Let me roll my d4 uh sorry one second
1: i don't hear any dice rolling
4: i'm on uh what's it called um plus four digital
1: dicer plus four so you got a 14 uh wow it's really great you you just (laughs) peg leg Phil destroys rubert this uh this feat of athleticism and what about jewels
5: Hey, are you speeding down there? Anyone (laughs) racing gets no grog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) God Don't lose your grog shares.
6: Uh, Jules. All right. I look at my arms, disappointed at how spindly they now are. (laughs) Grab on. Let's give it a shot. Ooh, I got a 16.
1: Oh, heck yeah. All right, so uh, in fact, the only people who uh, failed this check were uh, the two racers uh, (laughs) at 14 and four. The DC was 15. It was a hard check uh, to get up this cliff face. I guess that's actually medium to get up this cliff face uh, in a speedy enough fashion. Uh, Instead, as you crest the edge and you sort of roll over up top, uh, breathing out a bit of gasp of uh, exasperation, you realize a decent chunk of the night has passed. It took you about an hour to actually get up the cliff face, um, and as you're kind of gasping there, you look at the two people who lost their grog, which is the worst. And
3: you uh, couldn't even tell I was racing, like I total.
1: That four is you kept slipping and like getting caught by the pinions, and then you'd scramble up to try and catch up, and then fall again, have to climb your way back up. Uh, but you realize you lost a decent chunk of time, and you were on that cliff face for quite some time. I'm now going to roll to see, because you were up there for so long, if one of the scouts noticed you. I now know if a scout has noticed you or not. Uh, but, you, fortunately, you you do find yourself right in front of the manor house. Uh, looking up at the house's exterior, you see that the decrepit house sits on the highest ground in the area. Around it, a stone wall has crumbled in many places, exposing the interior grounds. An ornate metal gate lies open at the end of the road, swaying slightly in the wind. Wild flora grows throughout the inner yard, but all the ears cannot hide the evidence of a well-tended garden that once sat here near the house the rotted wooden roof of a water well rises out of the tall grass you see the house is about 35 feet tall from ground level to roof peak uh the roof is gabled with several holes where slate shingles uh used to be and uh, you've just climbed your way out over the cliff face and you're on the outside of this crumbled stone
5: wall which is only about six feet tall
3: all right let's try and make our way stealthily
5: should we wait here and see if there's any passing sentries?
3: Oh uh, yeah, that yeah. See, are there any obvious like torches or lanterns lit?
1: No, the house looks uh, mysteriously dark and empty, almost frighteningly so. Hmm. Make a perception check, actually, as you uh, study it.
6: Do I see any spooky ghosts in any dark windows? Thirteen. Uh, perception nine.
1: And yeah, nine and Jules died here at 13. Uh, you looking in, you can tell, or you looking at the whole garden and up at the house, um, you can tell that there is something moving quietly, but shifting in the uh, dense thistles of the garden, of what was once garden, in that tangle of weeds. Something is shifting and moving in there. Uh, however, your eyes draw up from that to one of the windows, where for a brief moment, you ca- you catch a figure standing in one of the windows, and then when you look back up, it's gone.
4: Oh god. Can I, um, uh, I want to turn my goggles off so they're not shining light. Um, And can I do like some sort of perception to see if there's like any, like is it a cobbled path or would I be able to see if there's any footsteps or is it too dark?
1: um you can make an investigation
4: okie-dokie is a 17
1: uh 17 uh the it doesn't look like this path is um well maintained but you realize there is a definite like cut across the uh old like dirt road where it's like weeds have grown over the old dirt road but it looks like there's a definite like deer path looking trail it's not actually used by deer, but you can tell it's like people probably pass by land quite frequently. Um, And in fact, you realize that they're following along the road. So you're almost certain it's not an animal trail. It's just that like narrow, beaten down weeds and tall grasses space. They likely don't bring wagons in, but they do walk on foot.
4: Is there one of those like leading to the well also or not?
1: Uh, Looking, you see that actually leads towards or it, it leads into the through the wall, through the gate into the garden and as well to the well. um, And then you can't quite tell if it makes its way up to the house uh, because you haven't actually walked into the, uh, you haven't crossed the boundary, uh, that wall into the house's uh, property yet. Okay.
3: How tall was the wall? Sorry.
1: Only six feet.
3: Okay. Um, Let's circle around a little ways. Stealthily.
1: All right, so you're trying to keep a low profile uh, start circling around it, finding that the wall is collapsed in several places, making it pretty easy to just step inside if you so chose, let alone there's that rusted iron gate that's kind of uh, propped open that you can walk in through.
3: All right. Um, I don't want to go in through the iron gate because I have a feeling it's going to be rusty and make a noise like, you know, any Great. any classic movie.
5: Well, <laughs> booby-chopped.
3: Or booby trapped, yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think let's get like follow the fence or closer to the house and then hop over it.
1: All right, uh, you followed around. You find that it gives uh, like it basically butts up against the cliff side, making it pretty impossible for you to uh, go that direction. And you were looking over you realize that there's not the ability to climb up that way. It'd be a pretty terrifying uh, uh, climb as the cliff makes a pretty steep overhang. um, Um. And you doubt that your pittance would allow you to walk that path. So um, there's no way to get closer to the house, uh, but there is the ability to basically get up alongside it. Uh, But you can tell that inside this kind of exterior, there is just this garden and this well. And then the actual front porch, like those big, um, like like a big wide uh, porch, um, that sits at the front of the house.
3: Okay. All right. Let's go. Yeah. Let's let's hop over stealthily.
1: All right. You step your way into the gardens. I need a stealth check from everyone, and I assume you're following the expert, following Rubert.
3: Uh, yeah. Stealth plus four. And so it's you
1: only good? the uh, proficiency. Are you an expert in uh
3: No, I just have half proficiency because of Bard. Oh,
1: okay. Um, so yeah, uh, people could add plus one if you're not proficient to stealth. Any stealth checks from everyone? All right, 19. 19, so is pretty quiet. It?
6: I want to do I'll the uh, same uh, guidance, but on... I guess maybe Celeste again, except this time the hot rush of blood goes through her toes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this
2: is so weird.
4: Definitely
6: maneuver.
2: And I'll yep. do it back to jewels.
4: And your guys' feet stink.
2: <laughs>
4: Strong
1: uh, feet. So I heard a 19 from Ruber. Any other dice 11 roll? from Zell. Zellnern. Alright, it's an 11.
2: I got 10.
6: Uh, 14. Got 18.
1: All right. Um, so no one gets below a 10, which is good. Um, and you manage to work your way into the uh, into the garden. Um, you pretty quickly become aware that it seems like whatever was rustling in the garden has ceased to move. Uh, do you try to check out the garden or the well, or do you head straight to the house?
6: Uh, did we have an idea of where in the garden it was?
1: Uh, so it's basically there's uh, vegetable gardens that uh surround the house itself um you can avoid walking through them by taking the front the steps into the front porch um and vegetable gardens is in quotes because that's definitely what they once were but now they're just a tangle of weeds is all that remains Um, there is a single rose bush near the gate that is overgrown over the wall
4: (laughs) does someone want to check out the well I kind of want to peek down it, but I'm afraid I'm not quiet enough. Like I suspect it.
1: You got an 18. You're pretty quiet right now.
4: I kind of want to just, if if it's in the path of travel, I don't know where it is. Like if I'm closer to the house than I am to the well, I'm not going to do it. I want to like side up against the side of the house, but I think it might be important. No.
1: Unless, So if you are trying to get into the house by way of tramping through the garden, Uh, it's quicker to trample through the garden. But if you're uh, trying to get to the steps that lead up into the house's porch, you'd pass right by the well.
4: Is there like a second story? Can we like boost each other onto the roof anywhere? Is there like hay bale or anything like that? There is a second
1: story. Uh, You could climb like the trellis where old roses are uh, stretching up, but you do realize there's a bunch of holes and missing shingles in the roof and you worry about the stability of the roof. It's doable, but you might collapse through it in a loud clatter of noises.
4: If it looks decrepit, I don't even say anything. Boss, what are we doing? Why are we just standing here? I don't right. Who's land, boss?
3: Okay, so there's a a front porch, and was there a back door that we saw?
1: Uh, It looks like the back door topples out into the cliff. So it looks as if part of the cliff has at one point collapsed, um, causing the house to slightly overhang the cliff edge.
4: I wonder if you can like get up underneath it. Or is the air, if there's
3: a way to like swing in. Like yeah. if there's like an exposed part of the house, it's like swing around a wall.
1: Oh, yeah. That could be an acrobatics feat of uh, of quite significance. Yeah. Uh,
4: I'm going yeah, uh, to try that. We We drew the card. We have to try it.
1: So, Rupert, you uh, kind of holding on to... Or, like, getting over to, like, that stone wall and seeing where it drops off. You clutch it against the, like, paneling of the house and lean across, not quite stretching your way out, not trying to risk any motion. But you realize that the ground floor does indeed have a uh, back door. Uh, Yeah, it does indeed have a back door. It is a... uh, In fact, there's actually a patio... It's right next to you. Look at that. Uh, it's about ten feet away. There's a patio that, or like what is at one point a patio that overhangs the uh, overhangs the cliff. You worry about how secure it is and how much weight it could support. Um, but it does look to be only about a five to ten foot jump from where you are here to land on that patio and then be able to walk in through a back door.
3: Yeah, I'll do that. I'm not a heavy guy.
4: Is there um? Before he does the jump, is there, uh, I'm blanking on the word when you're on a deck, it has a railing. Like, could we throw a rope and like hook it around a railing maybe?
1: So it looks like it was supposed to be at ground level. So it was supposed to be just like a stone patio set in the ground, but now the ground has mostly given way. And so it's just like a mortar chunk of stone sticking out. Um, it was never supposed to have a fall risk to it. Um, so, Rubera, you jump towards it. I need a DC-10 acrobatics as you land.
3: All right, I'm going to use inspiration just in case. Uh, acrobatics, that's a 12.
1: All right, uh, you jump and you feel that the stone is not entirely stable, uh, but you land on it gracefully, and as you land on it gracefully, you look to see that there is a patio door next to you. Uh, there are barred windows as well. In fact, the whole ground floor had barred windows, but breaking any of them would have been quite loud, so I didn't think to... Uh, bring those up um, <laughs> so you're looking at uh, you now realize that there is a back door that's kind of broken on its hinges and likely could be opened with significant like no effort at all if you wanted to step inside
3: um, uh, can I lean around a little bit all right you guys go to the front door and I think uh, none of us uh, does any of us have a way to communicate with each other
5: my mouth i can talk yeah. and then yeah. you guys pick it up in your ears
3: i meant more it's non-verbal like, like, like you know it up in your head
5: um... oh
6: reach out with my mage hand and tug on someone's shirt or something
4: <laughs> yeah i know sign language and i do this <laughs> <laughs> it's an audio podcast Yeah,
3: for the, for those of you at home he was making a jerk off motion <laughs>
4: Uh now fuck that just take the here take the rope and tie it to one of the window bars we'll tie it to a bar on this side we can dangle up all right you look disappointed captain i understand (laughs) i'm not disappointed it's fine
3: i just wasn't sure if we there was a method of communication we have not been using but you guys go to the front you you'll hear me burst in or making conversation, and then you—that's your cue to bust on in.
2: I'm sorry. Making conversation is your plan to like be chummy with the guys. Whoever you yeah, might I'm, run into.
3: Might as well get as much information as possible before we, you know, off them.
4: So wait, are we going in fast and loud then? Uh,
3: you'll 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 hear my cue.
2: I'm sorry. You just think they're gonna welcome you in and hand you a cigar because you have broken through their window?
3: No, you're right, fast and loose, Would you hear me burst in.
2: Well, no, right. no, 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 that's not what I'm saying.
4: Hmm. Well, well, fuck it, then, put me on the roof, I'll go in one of the, are, are there window bars up there? Can anyone see?
1: Uh, To the second floor? The second floor, there doesn't appear to be bars on any of the windows, but again, the super uh, unstable roof.
4: <laughs> well, if we're going in fast and loud, I want to try it.
2: <laughs> Why don't we just sneak in? We bear sneaks in, we sneak in on the other side, and then we circle them.
3: Yeah, can I listen at the door or window to see it, to see if I hear anything on the inside first?
1: Yeah, you look in through the window and you see through this door in the north wall that leads into or that's from the patio into uh this other room that appears to have at one point been a living area. You see that the uh other than a pile of like refuse and broken furniture in the southeast corner, so basically the far corner away from you, this room is completely bare and incredibly dusty. Hmm. Um, and listening, you don't hear any sound.
3: Alright, I'll creak. Open the door.
1: The door opens easily and without difficulty. Not even a creak, really.
3: Hmm. This is too easy.
2: It's quiet. Too quiet.
1: Meanwhile, is everyone else going around the house to go th- to the front door? Alright. Oh, so, remember, we're going to focus on you for a minute. Um, you look, you see there's a big empty hearth long dead as you're basically s- just standing in the doorway um, and you see the dust covers the ground and actually you immediately notice there are footprints in the dust. Where do they lead? Uh, make a uh, wisdom survival check or intelligence investigation your choice to see if you can follow any of the trails of these footsteps.
3: Right, let's do survival. Uh, 12.
1: Most The most clear or like a common... Uh, or not, yeah, the most like common worn path in the dust seems to lead uh, from a door on the uh, eastern side of the room. Uh, So basically, you know, you've you've entered in through the north. There's a pile of refuse and furniture on the south side. There is a uh, hearth on the west side of this room. There's a door on the east side of this room. And it looks like there is a set of stairs that come from that door on the east side to kind of randomly walking up to a just a stone like one of the uh like or sorry a stone just walking up to a a part of the hardwood where they suddenly stop Hmm. and that part of the hardwoods maybe three feet in front of you
3: i'll go to the hardwood wait is it like a wall
1: uh no sorry like the floor like the hardwood floors
3: i will put my ear to the floor so yeah. You hear anything?
1: You put your ear to the floor. Do you let your uh, ear touch the floor? Yeah. As soon as your ear touches, suddenly a voice booms—a oh. malevolent, evil voice. Welcome, fools! Welcome to your death! <laughs> and as that thunder, or as that mel, uh, that that voice booms out towards you, I need you to make a DC twelve Wisdom saving throw.
3: do we hear that as well Uh, five
1: (laughs) Uh, Ruber you scramble back you are frightened for one hour you have disadvantage on all ability checks and cannot willingly move closer to this this, uh, spot of hardwood
3: I start running towards the front door (laughs) Uh,
1: you edge your way around the room and throw open that door on the eastern side of the uh, room, running out into the hallway. The rest of you have just been walking up to the front porch when you suddenly hear a door slam wide open, a voice booming out, and then the uh, footfalls of Rubert sprinting through uh, uh, the building. The room in front of you, this entrance hall, um, just as you're like about to pull the front doors open, rubert comes running around the corner uh, ah! and almost, almost slams into you you have to catch the captain to stop him from uh basically bowling over you and uh while he kind of tries to blather on about what he saw trying to explain what just happened don't go closer uh,
3: don't go closer this voice is he's, he's very scary
1: looking past him into that living room you look past wondering is there about to be a monster is there a creature about to lunge at you a ghost perhaps uh but instead you see the front door it opens into a musty dirty entrance hall uh to your left a corridor leads into the west wing of the house uh while the wall that rubert had just come booking his way out of and then a uh the walls are bare and bits of smashed furniture lie upon the floor around you and ahead of you. Another corridor leads towards the rear of the house while a staircase on the eastern wall climbs to the next story, reaching a balcony that overlooks the entrance hall. Um, the stairs look safe. So you see that basically there's just stairs on the east side, a tunnel or a passage into the southern or sorry northern part of the hall house uh, beyond you and then the Passage that Ruber just sprinted out of on your left. Um, After a brief moment of trying to like understand what's happened to Ruber, those of you who are magically inclined, it immediately clicks with you that Ruber seems to not be suffering from a natural fear. Rather, he seems to have been supernaturally affected. There's something magical
5: at play upon Ruber. Ruber, are there rocks nesting in there?
3: I don't know what it is. It could be rocks. It's <laughs> definitely, it could, definitely probably
6: could be. Oh, God. R- 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 was there somebody in there, Rubert? Did, did somebody cast a spell on you? I don't know what it was. I just heard a voice.
3: It came from the ground. Don't put me back in there, please. Don't take me back.
2: Is it possible or would it be useful to detect magic to see if there's like some sort of spell on this house that's just trying to scare us? Because uh, we we're told that like, yeah, it's, so it's detect- just guys.
1: Detect magic would illuminate where the magic is but not actually tell you what exactly that magic is but still could be useful. Okay. Uh,
2: can I do that please?
1: Yeah. Uh, um. so using it as a spell slot or as a ritual. Ritual will take 10 minutes.
2: Um, yes, I'll I'll look at well, I guess we might not have it. I can just cast it as a as a spell. I was going to say we need to call down Rubert, but I don't want to be lingering out of the front door either.
1: Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, so you conjure forth, uh, you open your senses to the natural magics of this space. And as you uh, oh, yeah, as you open your senses to that, uh, you realize that there is no magic active in this entrance hall room. There might have been magic active in the room that Ruber had sprinted out of. Um, but there's nothing on the room itself here. However, when you look at Ruber, you realize that he is cloaked in magic.
2: I share the news with Jules of what I discovered.
1: I'm sorry. Also, when you uh, attempt to uh, uh, figure out what uh, magic, or because Detect magic lets you identify type of magic as well, you realize that he is suffering from illusion magic.
2: Hey, don't. We have illusion magic in our group.
6: Uh, We do. probably, But I don't know how to do that.
2: Jules, don't you cast that?
6: I, uh, something like it, but I haven't been able to do anything like this to a person before. Uh, maybe we can, I grab a pebble and I kind of just chuck it in on the ground, see if anything happens.
1: It scatters against the hardwoods to no avail. It disturbs some of the, uh, footprints in the ground, uh, in the dust, although Rubert's flight already, uh, disturbed a lot of those.
3: It's somebody
6: help me! It's,
3: it's so it's,
6: it's so scary. Rubert just it's okay. Just just hang out for a second. We we won't make you go in.
2: Selner, do you have like a biscuit or like a, a thing you can give Ruber?
5: Yes, uh, maybe he does need a sip of grog. Here you go. Take your
1: guess. You've been granted a sip of grog. Uh... Well, normally this wouldn't grant you a saving throw, and you need to wait 15 minutes to attempt to save. Uh, To a pirate, that grog is something special. It is the essence of hope. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to let you make another DC 12 a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 17. The grog restores you.
2: Ooh, (laughs) Alcoholics Anonymous, here we come.
4: He was just acting like that to get his grog
2: back. (laughs) (laughs)
3: things I learned. <laughs> what did you do to this Grog? Did you put some, like, orange peel in this? It's very good.
5: I can't tell you this; it's like my brilliance. <laughs> You'll replace him. I uh, have to buy your book.
3: So,
1: okay. uh, you... So you've managed to free Robert of the illusion magic that clung to him. In fact, uh, Celeste, with your detect magic, you see the illusion dissipates, breaks apart, and then no longer has anything
3: clinging to
1: him. He has been freed of his magic.
3: I'm not afraid anymore.
1: So would you like to go inspect that uh, that part of floor that uh, when Robert... Simply touched it. He heard this demonic voice echoing out to him, and screams spilling out from below. Uh,
3: before we go in, point, I pointed oh. the floor. It's that. It's that one right there.
1: So you're you, you starting to lead everyone off down the hall, but uh, Jules kind of stops you.
2: Hmm. Uh,
6: before we why, mess why up, we the, before we mess up the footprints, let's make see if we can see if somebody went to a trap door or, you know, some kind of secret. Can I see?
4: Can I watch out the window? Yeah. Sir. Okay.
1: And you—you're certain that uh, those screams were loud enough that uh, anyone in this building is certainly heard. Um. Mm. But the uh, or as you, or so I need Jules to make a perception check while, or not Jules. Sorry, I need Phil to make a perception check. Jules to make a uh, uh, wisdom, survival, or intelligence investigation check.
6: Okay. Got a quickly, quickly surveys. Having looked for many a uh, hidden compartment and trapdoor, and um, before, and gets a nineteen.
1: So, looking at the uh, steps in this entrance hallway, uh, you realize that there is one clear uh, path that's uh, evident in the tracks. It looks like the tracks travel from this entryway off towards. Uh, actually, there's two paths. Uh, there's one that travels. Off, like straight on through this room, uh, down into the northern uh, kind of section of this house, the part that's hanging fully over the cliff. And then there is the part to the uh, west, and there's a trail that's following to the west uh, that's the path that Rubert had come running down. And those are the two most uh, commonly tread tracks in here.
6: This one looks pretty busy. Let's go this way. And I go to the one that. Um, Ruber didn't go. All
1: right. Uh, so, uh, Jules is trying to pull you guys towards the, uh, north of the house. Well, Rubert uh, you were trying to get him to look at the, uh, floorboards with you. Uh, do you split up Scooby-Doo style? We Absolutely. Well, right uh,
2: yeah.
1: All right. Who goes with Jules? Who goes with Ruber?
2: It might be good to have a magic person on each group to figure out what's what going on. Little...
4: Should I, uh, can I watch the front, or do you want me to go with you guys, Phil? I think I'm uh, Phil, you can stay put here. if you want. Okay, got it. Second right. boss.
1: So <laughs> Phil went with the uh, first mate Jules. Meanwhile, Celeste goes with C- Captain Rubeur, and uh, Chef uh, Zelnern. Where are you going? Um,
5: should we go the uh, the other way up the stairs?
1: Uh, so, Zelnern goes off on his own up the stairs.
3: Damn it, Scoob.
1: Uh-oh. Well, well. no, Zelnern took too long weighing his choices in here that he missed where everyone went.
3: No well,
5: like uh, that. Zelnern, do you go up the stairs on your own? Um, I want to go with Lugaz, but um, <laughs> I would have started well, going this way. Which way? <laughs> So, because one of them
1: went to the north end of the house, one or two of them went to the north end of the house, two of them went back to the room that Rubert had snuck into with the mat, or with the screaming floorboards, and then there also
5: was an upstairs and an eastern wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did we want to go north end first? I don't want to go the way of the screaming, uh, screaming floorboards. That doesn't seem great.
1: Fair. So you're gonna join uh, Jules and
5: Phil. Yes.
1: All right. Uh, so Zelnern jo- jo- joins Jules and Phil. Wow, I can't talk today. All right. So uh, we're gonna start with Jules. With Jules, Phil, and Zelnern, um, you find yourself walking through a hallway in the northern wing of this house. Uh, there is actually four doors leading out here. Uh, or leading out of here, one door on your right, one at the end of the hall, uh, one on—sorry, two on your left, basically, one on your right, and then one. Look, when you open it, and this at the very end of the hall, you have to stumble back because you realize it opens into just open air over the cliff and a several hundred foot fall into sharp rocks below. Uh, so closing that door and realizing that. Uh, that cliff plummets probably not your desired goal. You realize you have three doors left in here. And much like a normal house, they are not labeled. So, Jules, you led this expedition. There are three doors. Uh, There's two doors on your left and one door on your right, Uh, as well as this fourth door that drops off a cliff. Uh, Would you like to open any of these doors, or do you uh, turn around and go back to join Rubert?
6: do the footsteps clearly indicate which one's like the bustling room
1: yeah they they clearly uh lead to the farther away door on the left
6: okay i uh sneak forward and try to hear through that one
1: uh as you listen you listen against it and uh you don't hear any sounds in there doesn't seem as if there is anything actually no make a perception check there might be something
6: Okay, I got a, well, if there's something, my five probably doesn't hear it.
1: Yeah, you don't hear anything in that room. Do you open the door and take a peek inside?
6: Sounds like there's nothing in there. Let's go. And uh, (laughs) I go to open it.
1: Alright, you pull open the door and you reveal inside a kitchen. This kitchen is dirty and damp, with patches of gray mold and cobwebs on the floor. Walls or, or cobwebs on the floor, walls, and ceiling. In the southern corner is some iron cooking equipment with a chimney above. Next to it, under the window, is a cracked and discolored stone sink. To the right of the sink, a small closed wooden cupboard is fixed to the wall about five feet above. Above floor level, against the far wall, a flight of wooden stairs leads upward from uh, west to east. The woodwork of the staircase is decayed, and a few of the treads are missing. So there's a cupboard in here. There's a stone sink. Uh, there is what appears to be an old oven, and then there is a staircase leading up, as well as a door leading into another room. Okay, no you were uh, actually as you try to because you were following you were following footsteps in here. So as you look for. Uh, signs of the footsteps here you see that they uh lead it into that door in the they lead to that door that exits out of this room so basically somebody entered here and passed to that next door
6: okay onward to the next door
1: all right you stop pausing to listen at this door um you pause and stop to look at this uh door listening in and realize there's nothing inside while phil and uh and zelnern kind of twiddled their thumbs in the kitchen well, uh, Zelnern, you're in a kitchen right now. Uh, while, I'm looking for uh, some applause. So you're like opening up the cupboards and everything? or mm-hmm. All right. Uh, as, so as Zelnern's opening up the cupboards and like looking under the sink and stuff, uh, Jules, you confirm uh, from sound at least there is nothing on the other side of that door. Would you like to check inside it?
6: Yeah, let's, let's open it up.
1: Uh, Jules pulls open that door and the room inside is a scullery. It displays the effects of damp and decay more than most. Uh, mold grows in patches on the floor, walls, and ceiling. A large copper cask, uh, split, discolored, and empty, stands under the wind under a window that opens up to a black night sky vista. Uh, there is a small heap of crockery shards on the floor beside the window. Stairs here lead down into what is presumably a cellar, basically in the part of the uh, a cellar located in the part of the house that's like basically built into the cliffside that it's looming over. So, as, but as you realize that there's a staircase down into the cellar, uh, Zelnern suddenly cries out. Uh, for as Zelnern's rifling through these cupboards, he doesn't inf- indeed find some old salt. A little thing of some spice that's just labeled "hot," and uh, as he starts grabbing these things, suddenly there is a clattering sound, and from the sink pour forth uh, a a creature, nearly three feet long. uh, Its body hard and scaled, and its legs made of, or its uh, underside lined with a hundred legs. Its face is small. uh, enclosed by a great pinching mandible, and behind it follow three more as four giant centipedes pour out of the drain. I need initiative for those oh. who are uh, in that room. Oh, God. And Rupert and uh, Celeste will hop to you all here in a minute, uh, unless you all, you'd hear them crying out a bit if you want to have rolled into this encounter.
3: No, I'm sure they're fine. Yeah. Good answer.
2: <laughs> Not worried about it.
3: This is happening parallel to whatever we end up doing.
1: Yeah. Do you guys ever feel like D&D is too hard?
2: Yes.
3: So many numbers. One, two, three.
1: See how high we can go. All right. uh, Celeste and Ruber aren't in this initiative order. Uh, Phil, what do you do? Or what do you get as your initiative?
4: I got an eight. I think Zelnirn's first.
1: Eight. Uh, Jules also got an eight. And Zelnirn, you got a 15?
4: Yeah, I'll go last.
1: So adding my centipedes initiative. I'm going to kill you all with centipedes, and then we never have to play D&D again.
3: No, it'll just be the adventures of Celeste and Herbert.
2: bear. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun.
3: <laughs> the constant bickering. <laughs> just it's
1: a an old idea. married couple. Yeah. Uh, Zelnern, before you can react, two of the centipedes crawl out and come moving. They're pinching mandibles, trying to bite you. One snaps at you for eleven, scraping against you the uh, or against your shell, and then another bites at you for eight. Their mandibles trying to pierce into you. Zelnern, what do you do?
5: I shout, try not to crush them. It looks like they're edible, and then I try to <laughs> uh, slash <laughs> one with a great
1: axe. <laughs> All right, trying to crush them, looks like they're edible. Then you hoist an axe to, like, cleave them apart.
0: Um, that is a 12 to hit.
1: Uh, you easily cut through the centipede. Oh, no, you don't. The centipede, uh, that would have cleaved through it, but the centipede's just a little too quick. It moves just at the last moment, and you kind of cleave off part of it, like 12 of its legs cutting off, but you don't manage to kill the centipede.
5: Stay still...
1: Do you have have a bonus action attack, or is that it?
5: Uh that is it.
1: Another centipede crawls towards you, biting at you. This one for 21 to hit. Uh the centipede bites in you for 21. Uh and its mandibles aren't too terrible. Uh actually, I mean, six piercing damage. Uh, but the real pain is the holy crap. I rolled uh 16 on 3d6. Uh so the it's mandible's bite you piercing an artery blood starts spurting as you take 6 piercing damage but the real terror is the uh si- or is the 16 poison damage you take as that oh. courses through your veins Uh so you're you take a total of 22 damage um oh you can make a DC 11 con save to uh, reduce that poison by 8
5: 22
1: Twenty-two. So actually, sorry, that makes sure you take none of the poison damage. Uh, so you only took six damage. You avoided Plus. sixteen piercing or er, poison damage. Uh, Jules, what do you do? There's three or there four giant centipedes who have just started attacking Zelnern.
6: I am going to fight fire with fire, and one of the centipedes starts getting swarmed by a bunch of smaller centipedes as I cast infestation. Ooh. Oh my God. That's yeah. awful. Uh, what's the save it has to make? It's a... You know, that's a really good question. Con 13. I
3: it's
1: failed. Like
6: the, it's like those videos of the
3: Japanese hornets being... Or, or Japanese wasps being swarmed by a bunch of bees.
6: Exactly. <laughs>
1: Terrible. Uh, roll damage <laughs> against it. Uh Five. The centipede, you watch as you stretch out to conjure an infestation of bugs and like uh, sand fleas and the like that you normally do, basically, conjuring a, uh, a whale fall. Uh, you look on in horror as it's the centipede's body itself that starts tearing apart to create this small swarm of tiny centipedes that then devour the centipede, causing it to tear into more and more tiny centipedes until it is just a ruinous waste of centipedes that then curl and die on the ground before you. Uh, There are still three other giant centipedes that squirm about. Uh, And uh, (laughs) Phil, what do you do? There's three giant centipedes squirming about. (sighs)
4: Um, can I throw the net on them, the plus three net? You can throw the net on one of them, yeah. Okay, I'm going to try and net one of them.
1: All right, you try to net a centipede. Make an attack roll. AC is 13. It is
4: a... Not a 13.
1: Uh, you swing the net even with your plus three?
4: Yeah, I rolled bad. (laughs) All right,
1: you swing the net. It hits, but the centipede just crawls through the holes in the net. And you curse. And then uh, it is uh, the centipedes, the uh, two remaining centipedes, or two of the three remaining centipedes go to bite Zelnern once for 11 to hit, once for four to hit. Uh, Zelnern, what do you do?
5: I'll look at the one that poisoned me, and I'll go to chop him in half. Do it.
1: 17, take this! You successfully chop him. How much damage? Five. You cut the centipede clean in two. Only two centipedes yet remain. Uh, and then, Jules, what do you do? There's two centipedes left.
6: Well, try the old uh, the old decentipedation trick. Con thirteen.
1: That one succeeds. Uh, That centipede seems, or as the centipede start peeling out of it, that centipede starts eating its own pieces that keep pouring out of it, restoring and reinvigorating itself, and the centipede doesn't seem to have minded.
6: (laughs) Oh, God. Okay.
1: Uh, Phil, what do you do? One centipede is eating itself to sustain itself, while the other centipede is uh, crawling on top of Zelnirn to bite him.
4: I am going to create one of my little cannons. I'm gonna make an Eldritch cannon. Uh, create a cannon. Cost action. I'm gonna create the force ballista cannon. And then I am going to basically Phil like pulls one of those little marbles out of his bag and like taps it, and it makes like a little spider with a ballista, little tiny like dart-sized ballista on it. Pretty dope. And then I'm gonna use a bonus action to attack with it. Um, one second, it is eleven to hit. I don't think Not that hits. Hit. Okay, I end my turn.
1: All right. Uh, so you create you throw this thing forward. It goes to shoot. There's a resounding thud as it hits, but then it just hits the cupboard instead of hitting the uh, centipede. The centipedes then squirm forward, now moving towards Jules and uh, and Phil to bite them. Phil, twenty-two to hit. Jules, twenty-one hit. to hit. That's a hit. Uh, both of you uh, take, or both of you take five piercing damage, and both need to make DC eleven con saves, or else take twelve poison damage.
6: Fourteen, heck yes.
1: And Phil, fourteen also. All right, so you both take five piercing, but resist the poison. Zelnern, there's still two centipedes biting your friends. What away some my friends? Compelling.
5: <laughs> Eight.
1: Eight. Uh, you swing and fail to kill a centipede. Uh, oh. unable to hit the centipede. Jules, it's because I'm trying do?
0: to go just for the heads to not mess up the bodies too much.
1: There you go. Uh, Jules, what do you do?
6: Thirteen con.
1: All right, you try to infestation another one. It fails. Four damage. You kill that centipede. Uh, with another, with a second centipede slain, uh, there's only one centipede left. Sorry the third centipede slain, there's only one left. Phil,
4: what do you do? Uh, I'm going to pull out my dagger and stab it. Nope. The blade stabs yeah. down. Um, twenty-one to hit for th- five damage, and then I'm going to use my bonus action for my protector cannon. It is fifteen to hit. Fifteen to and hits a hit. Fourteen plus. It is
1: it's four HP. So you kill it. Okay. Uh, the cannon destroys the centipede and part of the cupboard with it. Uh, there's a relaxed feeling as uh, as the centipedes are dead, and uh, Zelnern starts grabbing up those like the two that didn't get like. Oh no, two of them got infestation destroyed and one of them got blasted apart with the uh, cannon. So there's one good centipede uh, body left that you're able to just you chop the head
5: off of, Zeldern. Look, at was the food as I put away <laughs> just one.
1: Oh my god, because dwarves are resistant to poison, this probably does factor into dwarven cuisine. Like They reduce its toxicity a bit and it's like a flavor that they add. <laughs> Bring That's Do we like have dwarves NPCC. on board?
4: Bring those too. <laughs>
1: Um, uh, so, uh, you tuck that, uh, you tuck hot, uh, seasoning, salt, and the, uh, centipede body away into your bag. You, uh, you turn your attention back towards the, uh, hallway that, uh, Jules had opened or the, uh, remaining, uh, scullery with the broken, uh, large copper cask and all of the broken crockery and the stairwells that lead, the stairwell that leads down into what's presumably a cellar it's clear that the uh, uh, tracks in the dust go towards that stairwell and disappear down it. Would you like to follow that stairwell down into the cellar, Jules, uh, Phil, and uh, Zelnern?
6: Yeah. Should we
4: uh, regroup, maybe? Before we do, can I fit that copper cask in my bag of holding, even though it's broken?
1: Uh, it's, yeah, it's shattered, scrapped, but you definitely can.
4: I want to take it.
1: Alright, so Jules, do you want to go regroup with the others or do you want to investigate, uh, follow these footsteps down to the basement?
6: Uh, I say we... Okay, let's follow the foot. Do I smell salty sea air down this passage?
1: Uh, You do smell a bit of sea air coming up from this passage, yes.
5: We're going to the basement stairs. Zelda shouts out.
1: That does Uh, the trick. (laughs) You, uh... You step onto the step, and almost as soon as you step on the step, you hear a booming voice tear out full of malevolence. It shouts, Welcome, you f- fools! Welcome to your deaths! And following the booming laughter, echoes out, over the screams of the damned that tear hideously up in the basement before you. The three of you need to make DC 12 wisdom saving throws. Ooh,
5: 13. Whew. Uh, I wasn't careful enough, but I did get the wisdom save of 21.
1: And uh, <laughs> Phil, did you succeed?
4: No, I got a nine. I start beelining it for the front door.
1: Yeah, Phil <laughs> uh, is compelled by the fear and uh, starts beelining it for the door. Jules and Zelnern, do you keep pushing on, or do you rush off to catch uh, to catch Phil?
5: Phil, when you've gathered yourself, come and join us.
1: All right, you shout out for him to come and join you, but you let Jules flee away, or so you let Zell, uh, Phil flee on his own. Jules, do you let him flee, or do you uh, rush after him to try and restrain him?
6: Zellnirn, give me some grog, quick.
1: Get the fuck off of me. We're all dead. Alright, so you guys corner him in the kitchen so that he can't get out
5: uh, while Jules tries to demand grog and he says, get the fuck off of me, this we're is dead. This go, go give it to Phil. I, I can't catch up with him.
6: He needs his medicine.
5: Uh... So, Jules, you rush off to uh, get the grog into, uh, into
1: Phil. Phil, he finds you in the uh, in the entryway. As you're, like, pulling at the door, you guys closed it behind you, and you're too frightened to be able to figure out how the door works. You're just about to break the glass window to try and climb your way out when uh, Jules catches up to you, grog in hand. Like a Can jug I try to find you? How are you transporting grog? Like a Good flagon question. of grog?
5: In a cask.
1: A cask, okay, so... It's a so little Jules,
5: awkward to Jules, have, you, got but...
1: a, you got a heavy cask tucked under your arm uh, as you rush in here. Uh, Phil's trying to escape. He's about to crawl through a glass window, and uh, he turns to fight you.
5: Uh, I, I tap a gun, Get out some grog.
1: Oh, so you you came with. I thought you said you stayed behind.
5: Oh, no, no. I, I thought they were asking for the grog for, for Jules, Jules took
1: the grog and ran off. Yeah. You said you gave him the grog and he ran yes, off. Exactly. To... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh I oh, you were you No, okay. He's already got the grog. He's caught up to Phil in the entryway and uh and and Phil's trying to escape through the door. Uh Jules approaches to Phil with the grog already like in hand and
4: uh Phil, what were you doing? I hold out my knife and I say, "Open this fucking door."
6: <laughs> Phil, I've got your grog. Drink this first.
4: It's poison. He's poisoning me. Open the door. I smash the window and try to climb out. It. If he's too far
6: it's- gone for Grog, he needs to get out of here. <laughs> All
1: right, so he smashes the window. Jules, do you try to force the Grog on Phil?
6: Uh, I'm going to reconvene with Phil outside, see if he'll take some Grog then.
1: Uh, Phil, bro- you climb through the broken glass of the window. Uh, you cut yourself a little, but not enough to take damage. You're like on the ground on the porch, uh, as you're moving towards the well and past the garden, uh, Jules catches up to you. He opened the door normally and, uh, it finds you in the
4: garden.
6: Hey buddy, you feeling a little better out here?
4: Leave me alone. (laughs) I'm not drinking that. You drink it first. Prove to me it's not poison.
6: I take, I take a swig of it. Mm, drink all, really of all of it all of
4: it drink the flag and the whole
1: flag in
6: i don't have any extra <laughs> it's not my we'll it's not my share
5: that sounds like jules drinking out there
6: <laughs> <laughs> sorry Zelnern. Uh, i drink half and then i give you the other half
1: All
4: right, I skeptically drink it.
1: Uh, Make a uh, DC 12 wisdom saving throw an inspiration for really leaning into the fear and tying to the fact that zelnern has been poisoning you. He just collected uh, centipede (laughs) poison.
4: (laughs) It's an 11. I spit it out.
1: (laughs) All right, uh, you spit it out and uh, it doesn't work. Uh, You're still out there frightened. It did give you enough courage that you can walk back in but you do have disadvantage on all ability checks for the next hour. Uh, you manage to get uh, Jules back, or you manage to get Phil back in the building, but he's jumpy, and the, uh, the you see him trying to figure out how to open a door, and he still is struggling with it. The fear really got into him. Uh, but meanwhile, Zelnurn's still at the top of that stairs, not frightened by what's down below, uh, and the rest of you can descend down them.
3: Shout-out, Chaotic Normie Nation. How y'all doing out there? It's me, Ryan, who plays your favorite bard, Rubeir Graysand, on Chaotic Normal The Shadow Isles. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, like I say, every gosh-darned week, um, be sure to rate and review on iTunes, share with your friends, family, um, your worst enemy, send them an email in the middle of the night, and just make it, like, semi-threatening. Make it say, like... I know what you did. If you don't listen to this, then uh, I'll tell everybody that way they have no choice, but to listen. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, uh, any questions, concerns, comments, and your favorite uh, pulled pork recipe, I could always use more of those. Send those to uh normal at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah, no new announcements right meow. Uh, some stuff in the works, but keeping it hush-hush keeping it for now. I don't want the higher-ups catching on. But yeah, we'll all uh, talk to you next week for another exciting episode of The Chase of the Sea Ghost. So until then, uh, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.